the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Oh, it is Pastor Dudley Rutherford, your SoCal host. I'm the senior pastor of Shepherd Church in Porter Ranch, California. You can hear me every night here at 7 o'clock. If you've never been to one of our services, you need to come back and just le- at least listen online at 7 o'clock tonight. We want to welcome all our listeners from KKLA and K-Praise uh, down there in San Diego. We love Southern California. It's why we live here is because we... We're put here by God, I believe, to be a light into this crazy, crazy world in which we live. And uh, that last hour was was that last couple segments was kind of crazy. It's just people are so passionate about politics and 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 where our world is today. I do want to make one announcement. If you'll just give me a moment, they have asked me to host an event called "Ask a Jew, Ask a Gentile" with Dennis Prager and Jack Hibbs. We did this event a couple of years ago. It was at the Ronald Reagan Library, and we did it with Dennis Prager. We had a pastor from uh, from uh, Dallas Fort Worth area, and uh, it, it was one of it was one of the greatest events I'd ever been to. Just because we're in the Ronald Reagan Library, we're there where the plane was. They have this little studio there, and it was Dennis Prager. And this pastor, and it was, again, ask a Jew, ask a Gentile. And those two guys talked back and forth. I was a moderator. I didn't say two words till about the last 10 minutes. I finally said, hey, guys, I'm the moderator. i gotta, I got to at least ask you a couple of questions that I think the audience was wanting to hear. But it's a very enlightening, entertaining. It's fun. You, It's so enjoyable. But there's going to be another event on March the 3rd. So it's only about five weeks away. And the tickets are on sale right now at the KKLA website. And so I just want to encourage you, go to the KKLA website, get your ticket for Dennis Prager, Jack Hibbs, Ask a Jew, Ask a Gentile. I'll be there. It's actually at my church, Shepherd Church, where I pastor. I'll be the moderator there. And there are VIP tickets and general admission tickets. The auditorium seats almost 3,500 people. This, this, this is going to be, it's going to be electric. And when Dennis, you get Dennis Prager going, and you get Jack Hibbs going, and get those two guys in the same room, dynamite. That's the word that comes to my mind. It's it's just going to be it's going to be off the chart. So looking forward to that event on March the third. Go to KKLA website and get your tickets today. Today in studio, my man just came in here, Brian Warth, who's the senior pastor of Chapel of Change. Brian. Say hello to our audience today. Hey, what's up, Southern California, and good to see you, Pastor Dudley. What a joy to be in the same room with you. Listen, I've had you in here a couple of times. Uh, one time I had you, I think, for a whole hour, and then I, about a couple of months ago, we kind of messed up on our schedule, but I had you call in for about 10 minutes. And today, just a lot going on in, in the world, a lot going on in your life, and uh, you are the senior pastor of Chapel of Change, and I want you to tell... And part of someone texted me just a little while ago and said, I, I need to stick to preaching. Wow, <laughs> that is very interesting. But that, that is, the reason, Brian, is because they don't like me talking about anything political. Some people think that a Christian should never, especially a pastor, should never talk anything political. 
uh, none of those people go to Jack Hibbs Church, but uh, I, I guess I might have a few in my church. But, uh, you know, the Bible calls us to be involved in every area of life. When he says go into all the world and make disciples, that doesn't mean go and make disciples of all nations except Hollywood, stay out of Hollywood, or go into the whole world and make disciples, but stay out of the world of politics. You, you, you as a Christian, don't be get, don't be getting involved in politics. No, as believers, we should be involved in every element of life. Would you not agree with that? Well, Jesus said for us to be the salt and the light, and I'm convinced that he wants us to invade the domains of society and be an impact, a Holy Ghost, gospel-centered impact including, in politics, too. Including politics. Of course. Well, that's the problem. We've, we've, we've removed ourselves from politics. Yes, and we have just... We've been in a cave. We've been in a cave, generally speaking. And the only people that actually say that are people who disagree with your your stance. That's the only people complaining there. But Brian Warth, you're the senior pastor of Chapel Change. Tell us a little bit about your church, and then we're going to go back and talk a little bit about your background. Well, this year our church celebrates 10 years, Pastor Dudley, of preaching the gospel of Jesus Christ. And our mission is to give fresh hope. Uh, the Lord birthed this mission of fresh hope, I believe, in in a special time in the history of the world where people are broken and they're hurting. And that's what we do by the grace of God, through the word of God, through the spirit of the Lord, through loving and uh, relationships is give fresh hope to families. Amen. You know, uh, SoCal Live here in San Diego and in Los Angeles, part of the reason we have this program is for us to promote or talk about some local pastors. We don't we don't always talk to local pastors. Sometimes we talk about political issues. Sometimes we just talk about things that are going on in the world, certainly always from a biblical perspective. But that's why today you're here because you are a local you're just a local pastor here in Los Angeles, Chapel of Change. And you're also on KKLA. People can tune in on Sundays at 3:30. Yes. And is that called Fresh Hope as it's well? It's called Fresh Hope with Pastor Brian. By the way, Pastor Dully, you gave me my break into the radio domain about 10 years ago. Explain that. I met you. First of all, I heard you on the radio. I would go to church and listen to you on the radio all the way to Whittier, California. And then one day we ended up in a room together in Dallas, Texas. Yeah, I was a divine appointment. I didn't know you till then. No, we didn't know each other. I saw you sitting down. I thought you were a real nice guy back then. Well, I thought the same I didn't for you. Know, I didn't know your past. <laughs> you did not. And I saw you sitting on the in the corner writing down some notes, and I said to myself, here he is. I'm going to go share my testimony in a nutshell mm. and see what the Lord does. Mm. And so you came over and you said hello? and we... I came over to you. I had my CD with me. I said, Pastor Dudley, give me 30 <laughs> seconds. And you, you gave me 30 seconds. And I condensed my testimony. And I don't know how I did it. 30 seconds. Mm. Slid you my CD. Mm. And I think about three months later, I think it was about Christmas time, mm. you invited me to the then um, – Frank Pastore show. Oh yeah, yeah, which that, I'm forever yeah, grateful that was for. Like Ten years ago. Yes, Un- yes, unbelievable. So you're a local pastor here. Tell us about all your campuses. So we are a multi-site, uh, diverse church in Southern California. We have campuses in the city of Paramount, Whittier, Carson, Long Beach, and of course online. So the Lord has just been spreading us out. I like to say we're one family. Uh, one vision, but just multiple rooms. We have we have multiple rooms. So let's go back a little bit. I have a book here that you wrote called Young Man Arise. You were recently 
on Dr. Phil's show. Yes. Now, do, do I kind of look like Dr. Phil? No. Oh, okay. Thank you no, for that. You but don't. Uh, we have the same hairstylist. But uh, I, I, before you tell us about what happened on Dr. Phil, there's a reason why you're on Dr. Phil's show, and it really has to do with your testimony. Yes. So why don't you take a few moments? And there's people who've never heard of you. There are people just. And I, I believe in divine appointments. I prayed when I walked in here today, as I was driving on the Southern California freeways, I was looking around at all the cars, and I said, Lord, there's going to be a divine appointment today. Someone's going to be tuning in to K-Praise, KKLA, and they're going to hear a word that's going to change their life. And part of that is the power of a testimony, the power of a changed life. I want you to share your testimony with our listening audience. Yeah, Pastor Dudley. Regretfully, I was caught up in the gang violence of Los Angeles County in the late 80s. You grew up You grew up in the gang violence. I grew up in the gang violence. My older brother was shot and killed at the age of 15 years old. Uh, he died. And that sent my family in a downward spiral. I was about maybe seven, eight years old at that time, but I remember it vividly. And from that day, our family went on a downward spiral. Eventually, I joined the neighborhood gang at about 12 years old. And not too long after that, the devil tried to kill me for the first time when at the age of 14 years old, rival gang members uh, gunned me down. And by the grace of God, out of multiple bullets from about five feet away, I only got hit one time in my left arm. But it was paralyzed, and I couldn't move it for a year. But the sad thing was, uh, Pastor Dudley, I did not learn the lesson. I didn't heed the warning of God. Even when I was in my sin, God was giving me warnings. And I thank God for praying parents. My, my dad was planting the seed of the gospel in me, praying for me. Was taking me to church, put me in Christian school, Pastor Dudley, put me in Christian school. But I wasn't listening, and the mm-hmm. Lord began to give me warning after warning. I did not listen. Uh, regretfully, I threw myself to the streets, and the Bible says the wages of sin is death. And that is good for a 16-year-old as it is for a 60-year-old. Mm-hmm. And at the age of 16 years old, regretfully, I was arrested for one gang-related murder and one attempted murder. I was. They raided my house. They put their gun to my head, walked me through the living room, put me in the back seat of the cop car. The detective said I would never see the streets again. I was crushed by hopelessness and despair. The devil gave me his paycheck, which was ultimately a slow death in prison because about a year later in the Compton courthouse, I was sentenced to life uh, in prison. When you were when you were given that sentence, did you believe that you deserved that sentence? I was guilty. But at the same time, I was blinded. I was 16 years old. I couldn't understand what was going on because just the blindness of sin, it corrupts the way you think. So I was guilty of the crime, but I thought I should be committed as a juvenile, not as an adult. So that's where my issue came to bear. Okay. And I was tried as an adult. Okay, so then what Then what happens? I was mad at God. I remember being in a holding tank, Pastor Dudley, stomping around the holding tank. I'm talking about literally stomping and beating my chest and screaming at God because my dad taught me about God when I was little. He put me in a Christian school, so I had a certain uh, conscience of God. Okay. And I told God, how would you let this happen? You know, why would you let this happen? And ultimately, I was crushed by hopelessness and despair. I was in a one-man cell in the L.A. County Jail, Pastor Dudley. L.A. County Jail is no joke. They Mm. said if you could survive the L.A. County Jail, Mm. you can survive anywhere. I was in the midst of hyenas. And I was in this one-man cell. I was in a red jumpsuit, bald head, skinnier than I am now. Pimples all over my face, 
crushed, done. Like 1992, Pastor Dudley was the highest murder rate of L.A. That's the context by which I was arrested in. And society was done with gang members. But I thank God. I thank God for uh, people that have the gospel pumping in their veins. Mm. Because one day when I was in the L.A. County Jail, an old man, Pastor Dudley, not an ex-gang member, not an ex-drug addict, an old man who had the gospel pumping in his veins, had the courage enough to invade the domain of darkness. Mm. L.A. County Jail. I've been there, brother. I, as far as I've, I've, I have visited people up there, and it is, it is a dark place. I was in the 3300 floor, one man cell. This old man comes, and I don't want to talk to nobody. I'm mad at the world. He comes to my cell. I have bars, not a door, bars. And so I get up, and I said, I'm going to drop the bomb on this old frail guy. And I said, mister, uh, I just got sentenced to life in prison. What in the world? What in the world can you do for me? What can you do for me? What are you going to do for me? My, the, my parents don't want me per se. My family doesn't want me. Society doesn't want me. The judge just sentenced me to life in prison. What in the, what do you have for me? Like that was the moment of truth for this old man. He better come with it. Yes. Right. And by the grace of God and the spirit had, of God and, and the, the spirit and of the spirit of the Lord, he had the gospel. The mm. gospel pumping through his veins, and he did something so quiet, Pastor mm. Dudley, and mm. I emphasize this quiet because it wasn't a loud, you know, kind of loud prayer. No. Sure. He reached through the darkness of my bars, and he grabbed my hands, mm. and he said a quiet prayer over me in the name of Jesus. And I believe with all my heart, Pastor Dudley, that was the radical mercy. I say mercy of God because I was guilty, mm. and mercy is for the guilty. Mm. Mercy of God exploding in my cell right there, mm. right there. Um, and not too long after that, I woke up about a day later, and the Lord gave me a realization. He said, Brian, uh, unless you die first, eventually you're going to wake up one day be gray-haired, walking around the prison yard. You're going to look up to heaven. You're going to say, man, I wish I would have served the Lord when I was younger. I wish I would have repented. Mm. And when the God gave me that realization, Pastor Dudley, I, I, I decided not to wait. I was 17 years old at that time. I got down on the knee on my knees, and mm. I cried out to the God my daddy taught me about when I was little, mm. the Lord Jesus Christ. Mm. And I don't know how to explain it to you, Pastor Dudley, but somehow, somehow, God in heaven heard the broken prayer of a sinful, convicted teenage murderer in the L.A. County Jail. He heard my prayer. Mm, and he then, heard my prayer. And, and, and brother, so somehow you get out of, you get out of this situation. You, you, you start serving the Lord in prison. Yes, I started serving the Lord in prison not too long after that, Pastor Dudley. And you started le- reading the Bible in there and, and, and it had to have Bible studies in there? Well, What's going on? God gave me a vision. He messed around and gave me a vision. And he said, Brian, if you serve me and don't give up, I'm about to put you right now. You're about to go through the lion's den. And But if you don't give up, eventually I'm going to bust you out of this life sentence to impact the world with the gospel. So I wrote that vision down. I put it in my pocket. Okay. And I begin to prepare for that vision. All right. And I didn't know how to live right overnight, right? I didn't because I was surrounded by evil. I didn't just wake up and say, oh, I'm a Mother Teresa. No, I had to survive up in there. But God began to give me the strength to take one step at a time. And I began to read my Bible. I began to read the 
Bible. I began to learn about Jesus. I how, to, how, now, how did you get a Bible in prison? They give you Bibles. Gideon, praise. I don't know who Gideon is. All I know the Gideon is of the Bible, but yeah. there's somebody else named Gideon yes. that puts Bibles everywhere. Yes. And I got a Bible, and I begin to read that thing. I begin to eat that thing like Jeremiah the prophet said. I begin to eat it, and the Word of God began to do for me what psychologists could not do, counselor could not do. It began to shape me and mold me. It began to transform me from the inside out slowly but surely and i just take one step at a time and i thank god let me say this i thank god for good hands people volunteer chaplains that come in to the prison system Mm. and they discipled me Mm. they discipled me i'm talking about old ladies mother betty she's gone and she's in the presence of the lord holy ghost frail old lady came in embraced me prayed for me taught me how to believe for a miracle now, ladies and gentlemen, you're listening to Brian Warth. You can look him up at brianwarth.com. My name's Dudley Rutherford, and uh, he the, you're hearing the story as he's telling it. The, you, you can tell he's a preacher now, but at the time, he's in this prison. Uh, but he preaches every Sunday here on KKLA at 3.30. I want you to play a little clip before we go to break. I'm going to say a few words after this clip, and then we're going to talk about how in the world did you ever get out of prison And how did you ever actually become a preacher? But let's listen to this video, audio clip from Brian Warth preaching. And the Bible describes hell as a prison filled with people weeping and gnashing their teeth in complete darkness, unquenchable fire, and unbearable torment. That's not a place you want to go. That's not a place you want to be. Thanks be to God. That the birth of Jesus, the life of Jesus, the death of Jesus, the resurrection of Jesus removes the penalty of sin. For the Lord says, I will forgive their wickedness and I will never again remember their sins. Jesus also removes the power of sin. The power of sin. Romans chapter 6 says, for sin shall no longer be your master. See, in Jesus, we are freed from the power of sin. See, those who call upon the name of Jesus will receive salvation. Those who live for Jesus will receive transformation. Those who call upon the name of Jesus will receive salvation. Those that live for Jesus will receive transformation. Wow, that's good preaching there, brother. Praise God. That's kind of lacking in our culture today, I got to tell you. The Lord is good. So, Brian, you, I, I want you to take about a minute and tell us how you got out of prison. Well, about 10 years after I gave my life to the Lord, I went up for the parole board for the very first time. At that time, only 0.5% of all lifer prisoners ever got a release date. But by the grace of God, I became the youngest inmate with a life sentence at that time to receive a parole release date by the parole board. Now, these people on the parole board, they're no pushovers. They're ex-senators and sheriffs and captains. But God did a miracle that day. Now, for about five years after that, the California governors blocked my release, starting with Gray Davis. He said I was a threat to society. Then in 2000, I believe, Two-ish or three-ish, I think of 2003, California had a historical governor recall election. And I like to believe, Pastor Dudley, that God kicked out <laughs> Gray Davis just for me. All right. You can believe that. I that's like fine. to believe that. I like, that's I, that's, I like to believe that. It's my story. It's my story. Uh, that's good. And uh, this, this world-renowned actor, non-politician, 
Arnold Schwarzenegger, a.k.a. the Terminator, was ushered into power. I immediately, he immediately said he's going to let the parole board do his thing. So I thought I was going home. Mm-hmm. But he turned on his decision and he began to block my release for about three to four years after that. And then finally, in, in, after 16 years in prison in 2008, God Almighty touched the heart of Governor Arnold Schwarzenegger. And I like to believe he told him what he told Pharaoh 4,000 years ago, let my people go. And by the grace of God, the Lord touched Arnold Schwarzenegger's heart 2008 after 16 years in prison and fulfilled his word, his word in my life, gave me back to my mama. And you, you, you walked out of that prison. I walked out of that prison. It was so surreal, Pastor Dudley. You know, I've, I've been in that same particular prison for 10 years. I did 16 altogether, but in that prison, I did it 10 years in one yard, walking around in circles, just staying in, that, in the desert. And when I got out, when I walked through the door, I said, wow. It's so once it's your time, it's so easy to walk out these gates. Once it's your time, yeah. And 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 there was no doubt in that that process that by this time, when you walked out of those doors, you had made commitments and vows to Almighty God, and you were going to keep those to the ends of the earth. The Lord had the Lord had done such a deep work in my life. About a year before I got released, I made a commitment. I said, God, I don't care if I go home or not. I'm going to serve you no matter what. And the next thing, you end up on Dr. Phil's show. And coming out of this break, we're going to talk about what happened on Dr. Phil. And this was a recent thing. You were just this was just in the last month or two. You last the, week they showed it. They okay, they it. actually showed it last week. So coming out of this break, we're going to talk about. Uh, you ended up on the Dr. Phil Show. What happened on that day? What did you share? Again, this is Pastor Dudley Rutherford, uh, pastor, senior pastor of Shepherd Church. You can hear me every weeknight at 7 o'clock p.m. We certainly want you to invite you back. If you want to get a hold of Brian Warth, you can get a hold of him at brianwarth.com. Thank you so much for being a part of our Thursday's edition of SoCal Live. Oh, it is Pastor Dudley Rutherford here on SoCal Live. We want to thank you for listening in at KKLA and K-Praise, and we hope you're having a great afternoon. And uh, I just uh, so am a believer of divine appointments, and we're talking to Brian Warth, uh, senior pastor of Chapel of Change right here in California. He's got four campuses plus online, and just had been telling us the story of how he got out of prison. He actually went to prison. He got caught up in the gang violence. Got out after about 16 years because of Arnold Schwarzenegger of all of all people, and um, and then he, he gets out. He's fully committed to being and serving God. And uh, tell me the story quickly about how you uh, got involved in a church when you got out of prison and and how you I got. You know, you're here as a pastor, that story. Well, I always knew I was going to start a church. I didn't know how, so I was waiting on the Lord. And miraculously, I was working for Roland International Freight Services in LAX, and an assistant pastor mistakenly called my work to fix his keyboard. And I say mistakenly in italics because we were not a music shop. When I talked to him, I learned that he was an assistant pastor. His church was Light in Life Christian Fellowship. Mm. Shout out to Pastor Larry Wachemeyer. I learned that his church was on my block, on the same block that I lived on. So I believe there's no 
accidents. I reached out to Pastor Larry Walkemeyer. I asked him if he's willing to start a church that is not part of his church. And he said, I'm all about the kingdom of God. Let's talk and see what you mean by that. Six months later, that brother hired me to start Chaplet Change. He discipled me, trained me, sent me out with a 100-member launch team in October 2012. Uh, it's a great story. And uh, I've been to your church. and um, We need you back, Pastor it's, Dudley. It's a, it's a, Again, you're, you're one, I've said this. I said this uh, ten years ago when you when you came on, or one of the earlier times that I had you on KKLA. I, I just believe that your life and your ministry and your work that God is preparing you to be one of the great preachers and leaders uh, that help reach this city of Los Angeles. My heart is greatly burdened for Southern California, um, and I know all kinds of pastors down in San Diego with Miles McPherson there at the Rock Church. And, uh, and other churches down there and uh, here in, in Los Angeles area that there are just some great churches that have been here have storied storied churches great churches I think I'm pastoring one of them Shepherd Church but I think your chapel of change and part of it is because God put within you the ability to preach and to communicate and I don't know how you how you came up with that but I, I believe God gives certain people different gifts and Brian recently I was in my office on a Sunday and I was getting ready for church and somehow they put your message not in your normal time slot but somehow I heard you preaching and it was it was your Christmas message and you were talking about the fact that Jesus is king and at the time I didn't know it was you I just heard some guy preaching on KKLA and I thought man that voice because you have a distinct voice, a distinct voice but I got think I know I know who this guy is but the sermon was so engaging. It was so powerful. I thought, man, this guy is one of the best preachers in this city and all of California. Here's just a little snippet from that, from that message called Jesus is King. I'm concerned that our, our generation has lost the image of Jesus as king, and it's affecting the way we serve him. It's affecting the way we worship him. It's affecting the way we give our life to him. It causes us to be casual in our relationship with Jesus because we only have this image of him as our friend. We, on, we only have this image of him as our friend. And that is true. But before he was your friend, he was your king. Before he was your friend, he was your king. And I want to remind us this morning as we, as we wrap our hearts around the Word of God that the baby in the manger is King of kings and Lord of lords. Amen. Amen to that. Brother, um, I, I, tell us how you got on to the show, Dr. Phil's show, and what that experience was like. Well, one day, by the grace of God, I had lunch with uh, the producer of Dr. Phil's show. Just by divine connection, uh, one of my friends, uh, praise God, uh, Ted Thacker, shout out to him. And we had lunch, and I shared my story, and it touched her heart. And she said that one day, if the opportunity arises, she's going to help put my story on the Dr. Phil show if the opportunity arises. And then about... Maybe two months ago, I got a, I was driving down the street. I got a phone call from an, the other producer of the Dr. Phil show, and they said, Dr. Phil wants to have you on the show. 
we have this teenager who's broken, who's rebellious, and he's messed up. He's going down the wrong way. But Dr. Phil wants to know, what would you say to this teenager? Oh, What would you say? And I'm driving down the street. Pastor Dudley, and I thank God, I always stand on the word in Isaiah, give me the word, give me a word in season to them that are weary. And I had like one half seconds to answer this question for Dr. Phil. But but wait a minute, you're driving down down the street and they asked if you would come and be on his show. Well, before they asked if I would come and be on the show, they said, Dr. Phil wants to know, what what would you say? Oh, what would you say? So they were kind of like... They were testing you. Testing me. Yeah. They were testing me to see if I was going to be, have anything relevant to say. Exactly, exactly. And I had a half a second, praise praise God, to give my answer (laughs) while I'm driving down the freeway trying not to get in a wreck. And and then what did you, what'd you say? The Lord gave me this word saying, well... After hearing about his rebellious story right. and they described him, I said, well, I when I see that young man, I see me. I see me. And he's at a fork in the road. If he makes the right decision right now, he will experience the goodness of God in his life. But if he continues to make the wrong decisions, he'll be like me and end up on in hell on earth, per se. And I gave him these two scenarios that he could – I see myself in him. Oh. And that ministered to the producer's heart. And so, and so they had you come on the show? They invited me to go videotape. They invited me to Hollywood Paramount Studios, which was a, a very – Oh, it's filmed here. It is filmed here. Okay. And I went to Paramount Studios in Hollywood and very nice people – I drove around the lot there that they do all the kind of big movies there and they prepped me. The producers prepped me. They helped me to figure out exactly what I was going to say. And uh, they put on them lights. Dr. Phil was on the stage. What was it like? Were you nervous? It was very intense because everything I was going to say to the young man was going to be on stage in front of this big old crowd with all these lights. And I didn't have a second chance. Like, I did not have a second chance. I needed a slam dunk it in front of everybody. And it was very, very intense. So, so you, but, but they, so they talked to the kid. Did they refilm anything or is it all, is it's it all filmed one time one, as far as on the stage? And they, did, did you get to meet Dr. Phil before you got on the no, stage? No, because of COVID situations, they're very, you know, strict on COVID situations. So, they filmed my story the day before and did a video clipping of the story. Oh. Then they called me back for the live taping on the stage. Okay, so you meet this kid. Is the kid on the stage? The kid is on the stage. And is he, they tell his story? They tell his story. And could you, could you relate to his story? Could you tell the kid was angry? Was he? Yes, I could relate to him because the kid was not listening. He was trying to party. He's not listening to his parents. He's disregarding life. Typical teenager. Typical teenager. <laughs> <laughs> He's not a hardcore criminal. Okay. He's just trying to yet. fit in. Yet. Yet. That's right. He's just trying to fit in. And I was watching a story on the, behind the scenes as it was going down. And I just, my heart broke for this young man because he did not realize the depth of which he was going to fall if mm. he continued on. You knew, but he didn't know. I knew. I, I really believe that God raised me metaphorically and, and, from the dead. And, and so you, do you, you got a chance to speak this uh, fork in the road story to him? I sat there, and I looked him in the eye, and I told him. I said, 
you have an opportunity. This is one big act of love. Like, I wish Dr. Phil would have came to me when I was in a prison cell. And I did correlate it with that old man. So it was similar. The Lord did a similar situation for me. But I wish I would have talked to Dr. Phil. I wish he would have came and helped solve my issues, right? And I told him this was a big act of love, that that your God was kind of giving him some love right here. And he had the opportunity to change his life around. And he, you know, he did something afterwards that shocked me. He came up and hugged me. The kid or Dr. Phil? Not Dr. Phil. He gave me a bump. <laughs> Dr. Phil gave me a fist bump. So I'm grateful for that. No, so the, the kid, kid came up and gave you a hug. He came up and gave me a hug. And I did a video of it. You could see it on our YouTube page, Chapel of Change oh, TV. Okay. The, the follow-up, the behind the scenes of Dr. Phil. He came up and hugged me, and I got to pray with him. And he... You know, you could just tell you, you, your heart is broken for these young people who do not realize the worst. You know, the old folks, folks used to say sin will keep you longer than you want to stay and take you farther than you want to go. Mm. And that's he was on the mm. brink of that. And do you feel like you did? Do you, do you feel like you made a difference in this boy's life? I feel that I touched his heart. Yeah. And I think that's probably the most I could do, given I had like three minutes and this guy's been living for 17 years. Yeah, it's hard. It was hard. But I feel that by the grace of God, we touched his heart and he'll never forget that moment. What a, what a great opportunity for you. And, it was awesome. And, uh, and, and hopefully they'll do a follow up. Well, I'm expecting that too. One of the the producers said they're looking towards that. Yeah, we we only have one segment left uh, after this break. And if you'd like to call and give a, a question, you got a question about what to say to a young person or to anybody who's at this fork at the road trying to get them to make the right decision, you can call right now and talk to Brian at triple eight five two eight two five five seven. Let me give that number one more time. I know we don't have a lot of time, but triple eight five two eight. Two five five seven. This is Dudley Rutherford. I'm the senior pastor of Shepherd Church, and I'm in studio with Brian Worth, who's a senior pastor of Chapel of Change. An amazing story. You can pick up his book called Young Man Arise. I would encourage you to do that. You can get that online, or you can get that at his website, brianworth.com. This is Pastor Dudley Rutherford, and thank you for joining us today on Thursday's edition of SoCal Live. The Lord will never let you down. This is Pastor Dudley Rutherford, pastor of Shepherd Church. And, you know, they have different hosts, and they asked me to fill in today, and I'll be here again tomorrow. Uh, today, earlier, we talked a little bit about uh, we had a U.S. Uh, someone who's running for United States Senate out of the state of Colorado, and then we had a segment where we talked about is your life worse or better off since Joe Biden was elected uh, president one year ago he was inaugurated and so we we do a lot of things uh here tomorrow I, I hope you'll come back it's it's the 49th anniversary of roe versus wade and we have aborted over 50 million babies in the last 49 years and um i just want to i want to spend some time talking about that tomorrow in a way that perhaps you've never heard anybody talk about it because we want to we want to talk about the issue but we want to talk about it with grace and we're going to actually invite people to come on the phone and tell us their story about what God did in their life if they had an abortion if they've struggled over their life and how they overcame 
and how they experience the grace and the mercy of God and perhaps speak a word of wisdom into someone who's, who's struggling. And uh, I'm in studio with Brian Warth, uh, who just gave us his testimony uh, when he was 16 years of age. He went to uh, prison, life in prison, took the life of someone in the midst of gang violence. And 16 years later, he was let out, and uh, while he was in that prison, he became a believer, set his heart on fire. God set his heart on fire. And, uh, you know, really that's the story of God working in your life and, and someone, as you've said, that was without hope. And I believe as I walked into the studio today that there's someone listening right now driving these uh, freeways or maybe they're listening at home or on the Internet. From all over the world, people are tuned in. And maybe your message was a, was a message of hope for them, not just that kid on the Dr. Phil show, which was also seen by millions of people around the world. But, Brian, what do you say to people right now that might be listening that just they're at the, they're at the end of the rope? Uh, you know, this pandemic and people are living in fear and the, the politicians are dividing us. And I, I, I still feel like the church has, is the, has the only answer, that the gospel is the only answer, that the spirit of God, the word of God, those are the only things that bring hope because everything in this world is temporary. But it, it, when you meet someone like this kid or someone listening right now, they're driving and they're just things are bad in their life. They might be fearful or they feel like their situation is kind of at a dead end, that they've, they've exhausted everything. There's some element there where they, they don't understand the power of God. Because that's what I see when I see you. If God, got you God, if God can even save someone, if you'd never gotten out, if, you'd never, if you were still in that prison right now, it still is a miraculous story of conversion, how God reached you behind those prison prison bars. But what do you say to someone about they're, they're in that hopeless situation? Yeah, Pastor Dudley, the first thing I would say is never, ever, 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 ever give up. You cannot give up. Mm. You cannot throw in the towel. With God, all things are possible, and they need to expose themselves to the promises of God. They need to expose themselves to the promises of God, because the promises of God will quicken their faith, quicken their hope, quicken their joy. And the best place to expose yourself to the promises of God, guess where that's at, Pastor Dudley? It's in church. Mm. It's in the community of believers. There's courage in the community of believers. There's faith in the community of believers. There is hope in the community of believers. I attribute one of the main reasons why I survived 16 years in prison, because I was surrounded by darkness. I lived in darkness. I lived and breathed in the lion's den. And one of the main reasons that I attribute to my survival was the church, Mm. the body of Christ. In the chapel, I vision it as like a portal of fresh hope and faith and power. And every time we were at church, it was like the Star Trek movie when they said, beam me up, Scotty. Okay. And it was like we were beamed to another dimension. I, I know, don't misunderstand that. But it was like we were beamed up to another dimension where we got our faith, we got our strength, and we got released out of the church to the population where we had fresh strength. So don't give up, but grab a hold of the promises of God. Expose yourself 
to the promises of God. And that best place to do that is in church where you're hearing the word of God and you're around believers who have not given up themselves and they will encourage you and challenge you and inspire you. And next thing you know, you're believing that your son is going to get saved. You're believing that your daughter is going to get delivered from methamphetamines. You're, de- you're believing that your marriage is going to be healed. It's in the church. Mm. And Brian, when you preach, is 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 it does it come from a uh, an intellectual knowledge of the scriptures versus the emotion, the passion of where you've been and wanting other people to experience what you've experienced? Yeah, Pastor Dudley, I'm not an intellectual. I like to believe I'm pretty sharp, but you are, I'm not, you are you are pretty sharp. But I'm not an intellectual. I'm not a scholar. I'm a street preacher, and it comes from the Holy Spirit really ministering to me in my brokenness, Mm. in my brokenness, learning how to get the word for myself in the midst of my brokenness. And the Lord just turned around and used that same mechanism to give me fresh hope to give to others. It's an experience with the Holy Spirit. It's 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 the Word of God coming alive. Yeah, I, one of the things I tell the young the young preachers that are trying to learn how to preach and they're eighteen, nineteen, twenty years of age that the thing in in my life when I preach is is the seriousness of what I'm talking the topic that that th- these words that come from the Word of God are life and death and and we're talking about eternal life and eternal death and so there's a there's a weightiness to what you're talking about and i feel like in your life in your world from where you've come from what you've come out of that god prepared you to take that message and to preach it in an in a uncompromising manner and i think i think i mentioned this in church recently that one of the great problems in our culture far greater far more dangerous than the pandemic Something's going on in our cult culture that is way worse than the pandemic, and that is liberal theology or progressive Christianity, where we're not truly lifting up the Word of God. But you would say at your church, Chapel of Change, I want to encourage everyone to, again, look it up online, that you are a Bible-preaching, Bible-teaching, stand-on-the-Word-of-God Most definitely, most definitely. We say it all the time. We are a Bible-teaching church. I'm not there to give them jokes, per se. I'm not there to make them feel good, per se. I'm there to help them understand the Word of God. And the Lord dealt with me with this a couple years ago. I really have a conviction that I'm called to teach this new generation of people that live in the urban centers of America the Word of God. Mm. Teach them the Word of God, not particular my stories, but get them to understand the Word of God. And I'm grateful. By the grace of God, I I do have this gift that people have said that I'm able to make hard things uh, be grasped and understood Mm. more easily. I I love that. I want to read a story. Uh, You know, the Bible says that by the foolishness of preaching that men are saved. But as as I've talked to you here today, there are so many people that were in that are listening that are driving up and down the streets on the internet listening where they are they are hurting on the inside many times because of past mistakes and 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 you've made you made a great mistake in your life you 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 committed a grave sin taking the life of another human being and as you said it was by the grace of god that he restored you and redeemed you and set you free amen Amen. But um, again, tomorrow, uh, I hope people will come back as we talk about Roe versus Wade, 
it's, it's not it's not a fun topic, but it's a serious topic. But a lot of people who are hurting. I came across this story that that someone tells of a boy who was rebelling against his dad, and he was rebelling constantly. And the boy was uh, destroying his own life by this rebellion, and he was always refusing to hear his dad. He, he, he you know, just a little bit, a little bit about what you you stated. And one day, the dad said to the boy, "I want to show you, I want to show you what you're doing to your life." And he said, "I'm I'm going to put a wooden post," and that's what he did. He put this wooden post, like a four by four, in his front yard, and he said, "Every time you rebel, I'm going to put a nail." into this post. Every time you disobey, I'm going to put a nail into this post. Every time you do something wrong, I'm going to put a nail into this post. Every time you go and do something that your mom and dad don't want you to do, I'm going to put a nail into this post. And uh, the first thought this boy had was that he was going to do everything he possibly could do to fill that post full of nails. So it even made him rebel even more. And so, but what happened was every time he came home, he saw, he could actually see how many times he had rebelled. Are you with me on this yes. story? He also began to feel and understand the damage that was happening to his own life and to the lives of his parents. And, and one day with true remorse, true remorse, the boy began to obey his father because the father said, every time you obey me, I will take a nail out. Every time you, you honor your mom and dad, we will take a nail out. And so he began this process in his life where he literally turned his life around and he started to do the right things. He started to honor God. He started to honor his parents. And one day he came home and all the nails were gone. He had literally done more positive things, encouraging things. And so he felt a lot better, but but what happened was he could still see the nail holes. Even though the nails were gone, he could see the scars from the mistakes that he had done. And uh, the boy said, I got rid of the nails, but I can't get rid of the holes. And then the man said in the story, who tells the story, that the holes are actually the hands of Jesus that speak to the consequences of our sin and the consequences of our rebellion. Those holes speak of a loving father who, with a breaking heart, he gave everything to save us from the consequences of our rebellion. And I... And, and, and it goes on to say, praise God for the nail-scarred hands, because it's in those holes that everything that we've ever done, I don't care how dark, how bleak, how bad, how wrong, that once you've experienced the grace of God and the mercy of God, God restores you completely. He forgives you. You no longer need to live in guilt. You no longer need to live in condemnation. You need to no longer live in your past. But God makes all things new. Amen. Amen. This is Pastor Dudley Rutherford. I want to thank you for joining us uh, today on SoCal Live. I want to encourage you to go to the KKLA website. I'll be hosting an event in about five weeks called Ask a Jew and Ask a Gentile. I'll be back here tomorrow. And again, thank you for joining us today on Thursday's SoCal Live. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. 
The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.